Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, and the two of us are going to break open the bread of life. Welcome, Tom. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Before we get started, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what Jesus wants to teach us today through the break and open of the Word, hit the bread of life? Sure. Um, I'm going to use the traditional Holy Spirit prayer that we use and just reflect on it. I try to say this often and uh, and and really pay attention to the words. So, in the name of the Father, and, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and And you you shall renew renew the the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of your Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, awesome, everybody. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. And so let us pray the Word of God. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Nephilia that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Natalia, the wave to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has risen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat, and their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, the thing I think that jumps out to me at the most, and I'm sure it does to a lot of people, is that is that uh, that b- both sets of brothers leave immediately, leave what they're doing immediately, and um, 
that often, you know, when we when I've talked about this at other times with other groups, um, people have this sense that it was, and it, it and it is kind of radical that that somebody would just pick up like that. But the other thing I think we need to keep in mind is that um, this wasn't beyond the expectations, the reasonable expectations of people back in those days, where teachers had followings. I mean, Andrew, it says in one of the other gospels, was a disciple of John. So it wasn't that. Um, this might would be as totally completely <clears throat> out of the blue. Um, I'm sure they had they had known about Jesus, had heard about him from uh, his baptism, from the time that he spent with John. Um, so, in the one hand, it is a radical, you know, departure. They do leave and they and they don't turn back. But at the same time, it's not probably as is uh, unexpected or or strange as I think a lot of people would would think from back in those days. You know, and I I love this little ditty that the Lord gave me is, in order to be a great leader, we must first be a great follower. To whom are we following and what are we following? So for me, I want to follow Jesus Christ every day of my life. And Jesus gives us the prescription to that. He begins to preach and says, repent. Each and every one of us are sinners who have fallen. We need to turn to God in this infinite font of mercy that is there available to us. Repent of our sins and be set free so that we can truly enter into that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And for we as Catholics, oh my goodness, what a better gift can we have than to be able to go to a priest, to be able to confess our sins. God the Father knows every one of our sins. Not only knows them, he's seen them. Not only saw them, he was there. What does he want? us to turn around. He's waiting for us to either run into his arms or fall into his arms. He wants to forgive us. He wants us to repent, turn away from that way of life and get the life in abundance that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for. He gave us his life for that gift. So for me, you know, I I, want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But again, in scriptures, it tells us, what do you do? Deny yourself pick up your cross and follow him. Jesus again teaches us here, what's the first step? Repent, turn away from sins so that we can truly have the lens of our soul cleansed so that that light that was within us, Jesus Christ, may truly shine forth into the darkness of the world that surrounds us wherever we are. And we see here, Peter is a fisherman and God doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to take you out of that profession and teach you a new profession. No, he's going to say, I'm going to use those gifts I've given you to fish for real fish, but now I'm going to use them to fish for men, be fishers of men, to use a different bait, to use a different net. And so that's awesome how God does that for each and every one of us. Why? Because in our uniqueness, God wants to bring his light into the world. And that light is Jesus Christ. He's called to live in each and every one of us, through each and every one of us, so that people can truly encounter Christ, so that we can welcome all to that banquet, all to that good news of the kingdom of heaven. I think the other thing, too, about the the repentance that we're called to, as we think about that, the, the word repent means to turn 
to turn away from. And um, I think one of the things that happens when we turn to God and away from the world, away from our sin, is that we have a clearer vision. And uh, you, you get this from the saints a lot when you when you read, um, especially the mystics who will talk about, you know, um, the further along they get in their spiritual life, the more um, they're aware of their sinfulness because we turn and we see and then we see more and then we turn again and we see more. And uh, it's like when you get into the greater light shows greater dirt in the room, you know. Yes. So a lot of the saints have have often you say you read Saint Teresa of Avila and she talks about you know this the seventh stage of spiritual union with God and at the same time she's saying I'm the worst of sinners I'm the, I'm the worst of sinners of of anybody and uh, so I think that's an important aspect to do as part of our and you mentioned about the sacrament of reconciliation the sacrament of confession that should be part of anybody's healthy spiritual diet because every week every two weeks, every month or so, we should be looking at ourselves and turning back to the Lord and recognize where we've drifted. And maybe we haven't drifted. Maybe we're just, we just need to get closer. Maybe he's calling us to a deeper relationship. Maybe he's showing us some of the dirt in the corners that we weren't aware of that now we, maybe we can be because we're looking more closely at our life and and our relationship with him. But anything that takes away from that that love in our hearts, that desire to be one with the Lord is something we need to turn away from. And there's there's thousands of things in life that, that will distract us from that, from that love of the Lord. Absolutely, Tom. And the key for me is if I try and look into myself and see my own sin, I can fool myself. I can convince oh, yeah. myself I haven't sinned. I'm good to go. Yeah. I don't need to go to confession. But boy, I'll tell you what, you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and you ask him to illuminate the sin in our soul. And then we sit quietly and contemplate that, the fact that we judged, we, we had impure thoughts that we acted on, you know, even in our minds that we, you know, we, we accused, we gossiped. Oh, my goodness. It's, it, yeah. it's like, whoa. And so for me, what a gift that the Lord gave to the apostles, that the apostles passed down with the laying on the hands to bishops and then priests for 2,000 years is this gift of the priesthood and the sacrament of confession. You know, I've heard it said, you know, well, go once a year. Oh, my goodness, I sin every day. <laughs> if yeah. I, You know, it'd be like saying, hey, take a yeah. bath, once a, a physical year. bath, yeah. once a year. See right, how right. you smell. Yeah. <laughs> the further you get into that year without oh. taking that bath and cleansing your physical body, Mm-hmm. That's the way you smell spiritually. So for me, you know what? If I can go every week and get spiritually cleansed, oh my goodness. But you know what? I go daily, daily and ask God for his mercy and his forgiveness. Daily reflect on my sin of that day and ask for forgiveness. And does God forgive us? Absolutely. But he also gave us the gift. He said to the apostles, who sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Who sins you retain, they're retained. He passed on the gift, which only God can forgive sin. But you know what? God passed that gift on to humanity in the gift of the priesthood and the bishops. So for me to go to a safe place, it doesn't cost money to be able to confess my sins. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit working in persona Christi through that priest to hear the counsel of that priest. And, and then the, the gift of you know, the the um, petition that I'm offered up at the end, you know, for my sorrow from that sin, because at the end of the day, it's all about a contrition of our hearts. Do we truly want to walk away from that sin? Are we truly sorry for it? Because if we're not, if we think we could just go and say a bunch of words and this is what I did and we're all good to go, 
That's not correct. Because if we don't truly have a sorrow and a true repentance in our heart that we want to change and we ask God for that grace and we we go there with a heart that's hurt because we know we hurt God's heart, our sins aren't forgiven. Our sins aren't forgiven. So for me, go to the sacrament. Go go once a week. Go once a month, once every two weeks, as often as you're drawn there. But don't let the enemy lie and fool you. That gift is a gift from God. Those men, as sinful as they are, some of them, it's life. We're all human. They've been given a charism, a gift to be able to be used by God to set us free. Go and use the gift. Don't let the enemy keep you from it. I mean, you know what? I used to be afraid, fearful that I wouldn't know the words to say, fearful that I, I didn't want to confess my sins. That wasn't God. It was the enemy. And so for me, I didn't confess my sins for 36 years. But I thank the Lord for the gift of taking me there and getting it all out because now I can't wait to go. I desire to go to stay clean. And, and you know, too, the, um, I was reading a book um, probably about a week ago. I ran across a passage. Uh, it was a Catholic uh, theologian who was in dialogue over years with uh, with a Jewish scholar um, up in New York City. And um, he uh, he he got to a point with this with the scholar where they were talking about um, their, the differences in the way that the Jewish faith tradition sees God and Christian faith tradition sees God. And the the Jewish guy, the Jewish scholar rabbi, said, "I fi- I think I finally figured out about your Christian God, about the way you Christians think about God." I should say, he said, "We Jews look look at when we sin, God." Uh, God leaves us, and that we have to get our, we have to, you know, kind of get back to God. But your God never leaves you. Your God is with you even when you sin, and you just, you have turned away from Him. He doesn't turn away from you. He walks with you even when you sin. And it was really like when, the more I thought about that, and it was, it was specifically with regard to a discussion about God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And I thought that really is kind of the essence of what Jesus came to tell us is that, you know, you may think that God leaves you when you sin, you know, and then he He leaves our nation to the, to the Babylonians or he leaves us open to con- conquering from our pagan neighbors or whatever. But in fact, God never leaves us. We just leave him. And, the, and he continues to walk with us even though, you know, even though we feel we're lost. So, the, the comforting thing about it is even while I'm standing in line for confession or I'm examining my conscience or I'm sitting there thinking, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to go. He's with me. And I, and I have to remember that, that he's there. It's his grace. It's his mercy. It's his spirit that's moving me closer and closer to that reconciliation so that I can get closer to him, which is really what, when you get right down to it, is what our hearts desire. So it's what we're really after as as human beings. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I learned, Tom, which I hope it helps many of the listeners is this. One of the greatest, gravest sins that I carried was unforgiveness of myself. Mm. Self-condemnation is not of God. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to set the captives free. If I choose to not forgive myself, it's a mortal sin. It separates me from God's love. He doesn't stop loving me, but I've turned my back on him. God wants to set me free. So to go to the the sacrament of confession, to confess the sin of unforgiveness against yourself 
and then for to ask God the Father for the grace to be able to forgive yourself, it's what truly set me free. Because I thought, you know what, I'm not worthy. I de- I deserve abuse. I, you know, I'm 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 this worthless, and I beat myself up for years. And the Lord's like, that's not me. It's the enemy of your soul. I'm your father. I want to set you free. So for all of our listeners, I love this little ditty that Father George gave me. He said, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. It's a trap of the enemy meant to steal the gift of the present moment. And I went, wow, that's profound. Because I was always going back into the past. He said, David, God doesn't live there. That's a trap of the enemy. So to go in the past and have regrets, you know, I should have this, I should have that. Stop it. He said, David, the future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. God doesn't live in the future. He said, it's another trap of the enemy to steal the gift of the present moment. He said, David, the present moment is a gift from God that you're to open and live in love. And ladies and gentlemen, it's what I do every day. I invite God along for the journey, especially God the Father to be with me. And then I open the gift of the present moment with a heart of gratitude, thanking the Father, and I live it in love every day. Not perfectly yet, but God is always perfecting me in that gift of holiness and sanctification. So the other thing that uh, that I was thinking while you were just um, talking about that, David, is, and we've been talking about repentance, um, but the uh, the the quote here from Jesus, where he, you know, Jesus began to preach and say, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Um, I went back and looked at this earlier in the week, and that because uh, I was curious because I thought well, that sound that reminds me of what John was preaching before Jesus came in preparation for Jesus. And so I went back and in Matthew's gospel, John says John the Baptist says exactly the same thing: "Repent, the kingdom of heaven is right. at hand." But I think the at hand for John is the kingdom of heaven is near. By it's close to us. It's it's coming soon. For Jesus, he says, "Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand." It's here. Yes. His presence is actually yes. the kingdom of heaven. When you think about it, repentance, where it brings us back into it's us turning back to God. It brings us back into God's presence. And so, in effect, Jesus is saying to people, "Repent, turn back to me. I'm here." You know, the kingdom of heaven is here. Now that I'm here, the kingdom of heaven is is here. And it reminds me of it. We just celebrated a beautiful um, feast of, of Christmas of the Lord being with us, the Lord condescending, as, as our faith says, to be one with us and the humility that it, it takes to, to do that and how we're called to be, you know, to be that for other people. We're called to be Christ for other people and how often we fall down at that. At, at that task that we're uh, that our call our vocation beautiful tom and that goes right to the last sentence he went around all of galilee teaching mm. in their synagogues proclaiming the gospel message of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people and we read this and we go back and say oh that's what jesus did oh no no, no. he did but now he's calling us to do it well what does that look like i can't do it you're correct You can't. But Jesus Christ living in you, with you, and through you, when you go and you allow him to use you as the oracle of his truth, 
shared with love and humility that gospel message, the good news message of the kingdom of God. You help and you assist him in doing what? Spiritually curing those who are blind, who don't see Christ at work in their life. Spiritually healing those who are deaf, who do not hear his voice, and we now point them to the word of God. Spiritually crippled, spiritually thirst, that are thirsting for that living water, Jesus Christ. Spiritually hungry, who are thirsting for, or hungering for something that the world can't provide. So God wants to use each of us in our uniqueness to do exactly what Jesus Christ did here, and he wants to do it again, but now through us, through our yes, through our hands, through our voice, through our ears, through our eyes, through our feet. Be not afraid. Get out of your comfort zone and let God lead you just as he did here. Let him lead you to where he wants to take you into your workplace, into your community, into your church to share the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and help the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the crippled to walk again, the thirsty to give them a drink of living water, and the hungry to feed them. This, the Word of God. And I think it's it's really important too, just to pick up on that because that was a that's just a beautiful expression of our faith, and what we're called to do of our our vocation is also to pick up on a point that you made earlier, which is if we don't first do that, if we don't first allow the Lord to heal our blindness and our lameness and our our crippledness, and if you will, we can't do that for other people. And so, you know, when Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." He's not saying love your neighbor as if it were yourself as a replacement for yourself, but love you, you need to uh, open yourself up for that healing at, at the same time. Because the other, the other part of it is, and, you, and you, I know you do this, David, and, and I try to do it when we all should do it, is that w- when, we are in the, when we are trying to be Christ to people, when we are living our life and evaluating how we're doing, one of the ways that we can tell is if people are being touched. If they're not being touched, we have to be honest with ourselves. I mean, I like to think that I'm a good person, but I also know that if people's eyes aren't being opened and their hearts aren't being changed and they're, you know, if they're crippled, they're spiritually crippled, in other words, they can't get up and move, they feel like life has pinned them down. If if I'm not helping people to find their way back or to see more clearly or to hear things, I have to be honest with myself and say, because that's the thing that I think a lot of us miss is we say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, so I don't have to go to confession. Yeah, but have I touched people? Have I been Jesus to other people? I mean, if I'm falling short there, I need to be honest about that and I need to hold myself accountable. Otherwise, you know, that's because at the end of you know at the end of our our run so to speak Jesus is going to say did you do this for, you know for the least of my brethren and I have to, we have to be honest about that so that's even more challenging than just oh I got angry at somebody or I you know I wasn't patient or you know I uh, uh, you know I committed a sin against uh, purity or something like that there's more there's much more that we're being called to do and that's exactly what you're saying is we're called to be Christ we're called to open help open people's eyes, help, you know, bring his grace to people who can't hear, who can't see, who can't, um, who can't get up and, and walk right. because they're, because they're depressed, because they feel like life has passed them by because whatever, you know, when we're, we're, we're supposed to bring Christ's life to those people. And it's never too late. Moses right. started, he was 80. Yeah. You know, and I love it here. God uses 
the gifts and talents he gave to us, we use them many times for secular purposes, to earn a lot of money in the world, to be successful and creative at our jobs. But Jesus wants to put a twist on that. He's going to say to us, he's given us all these gifts and talents. How are we using them to help his church, to build his church, because and to help us be instruments in the salvation of souls? Because listen to what he says here. You know, casting a net into the sea, they saw a f- they were fishermen. He said to them, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, imagine this. Fishers of men. When did a fisherman go out to fish? He went out at night and he used a what? A net. Well, the net represents for us as Christians the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There was to be no schisms, no tears in that net. We can't have divisions among our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to all lock arms, mend any differences by knowing our beauty and truth of our Catholic faith biblically, and then sharing it with love and humility. And what did they do at night? What bait did they use? They used a light on the water, which drew in the bait, which drew in the fish, which allowed the net to catch them. Well, we're called to be those lights that attract people to us. And then what do we do? We are those signposts that then point to the ultimate light, Jesus Christ. So no matter where I am, my gifts and talents he's entrusted me with, every day I want to make sure I'm using them, whatever they are, to help people come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the good news, the gospel message of the kingdom of heaven, that it is at hand. It's here. It's now. And for as Catholics, oh my goodness, wake up. Jesus is inviting each and every one of us to come to Mass every day where he is fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and saying, I want to share myself completely with you as the Lamb of God. Come and receive me both in word and in flesh and blood so that I can impregnate you with my divinity so you can truly be daily me to the world, Christ to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if we, the Catholic Church, wake up, we are 25% of this nation. If we wake up to the truth of what the Eucharist is, oh my goodness, why would we not put that number one in our agenda every day to be at Mass, to be fed Jesus Christ? We are what we eat, to consume Him so that why? So that we can be Him, be Him in the world. So ladies and gentlemen, you're called to be world changers. You can't do it on your own. Jesus Christ, in teaching us how to pray to the Father, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's just not food for our physical bodies. We are asking God for the gift of the spiritual food to feed us so we can take his son into the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're Catholic, that spiritual food is available to you each and every day, at every Mass all over the world. Don't miss it. Without it, we are vulnerable to the enemy, to his ways, to his wiles, and we also leave our family vulnerable. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be the world changers we were called to be. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. 
for information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.